Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 337 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about cheap financing, and this is something that uh, I think we all can be enticed by. It's something that uh, can catch anybody's eye, uh, but I'm going to talk about why even cheap financing uh, for assets that, hey, debt seems pretty normal for is still a bad idea, right? Um, and some of you I may not be able to pull to the other side and I may not be able to uh, convince that it is a bad idea, but ultimately, uh, if debt is a strain on your cash flow, uh, then we are going to need to um, keep from it uh, and avoid it at uh, all costs. And this cheaper financing is ultimately just a way uh, that lenders are trying to entice you uh, to get on the wrong side of your financial life. So stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And that if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, just a simple disclaimer before we start uh, this episode. The simple disclaimer uh, is this. I don't have any debt, okay? Um, you could look and you could see if I had any debt, but I don't. The closest thing to having any debt that me and my wife have uh, is you know, credit cards that we continuously purchase things on month after month and then continuously pay them off in full every single month. That's the closest thing we have to debt uh, just because that is a debt instrument, uh, but we do not carry uh, a debt balance. We do not carry a balance on those credit cards because that'd be a bad idea, right? Uh, those are high interest rate debts, right? Credit cards are. Why would you ever uh, want to hold a balance on a high interest rate debt? You don't want to, right? Uh, so ultimately, we stay away from that. Uh, we get everything paid off. The reason that I provide a disclaimer that says I have no debt is because you may think that, you know, somebody that uh, is saying, hey, you know, stay away from you know low interest financing or stay away from cheap debt uh, is somebody who is you know here with an agenda, right? They have some agenda that you know maybe they you know take out this type of debt themselves or maybe they do something uh, themselves and they're hypocritical or whatever. No, this is something that I apply to my own financial life. It's something that I myself do, right? And I'm not saying I expect you to be just like me. I'm just here telling you every day. Uh, what works best for me and what works best for me uh, and what I think is the best way to get to long-term financial freedom is to not have any debt, is to be debt-free, uh, is to have cash flow available to myself uh, to make decisions with uh, week after week, month after month, whatever it may be. And the only way that this is the case is if I have no debt. Now, 
the biggest place, in my opinion, that this shows up, this problem of low interest financing. And yes, I call it a problem. And I don't call it a problem because I think it is um, mathematically incorrect. Uh, I understand math, okay? Uh, I understand that if I can take out a 2% mortgage, right, over a long period of time, uh, that is a cheap mortgage rate, right? If I can take out a 2% mortgage and, and I can ultimately invest my money making, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10%, it's a no-brainer, right? Uh, you make more in your investments, and so uh, why would you not just continue uh, to, you know, just make a mortgage payment, not put anything extra on the mortgage, and put any extra money uh, into an investment? Sounds completely logical, right? Well, not necessarily. Okay. Um, again, I agree with the math, and if it works for you over a long period of time, I'm not going to be mad at you. Okay, but here's where I have a problem with it because of my risk tolerance and because of the way I think about money. Debt is a strain on your cash flow, right? Debt keeps you uh, from having as much cash as you would have otherwise, right? And you can choose to use that cash to invest, okay? But the longer you have a debt hanging around your neck, the longer you have an obligation, right? Because in that case where you take out low interest rate mortgage debt uh, and then you're investing any extra cash that you have uh, and making some type of difference on that cash, right? Uh, you basically have this decision. And this decision is, uh, do I uh, continue having this debt or do I not continue to have this debt, right? And I mean, there are a couple other decisions there, right? Do I grow my money at a higher rate or do I not grow my money? Uh, at such a high rate, because ultimately, if you're paying off the mortgage, then you are making you know that two percent on that money, uh, which you know was not a lot, right? It's not a lot to be making uh, on, especially a large sum of money like you would have uh, with a mortgage. But at the same time, think about this: say you do pay off your mortgage. Let's say your mortgage payment every month was, I don't know. whatever, right? That's very likely your largest monthly expense. And so if you got rid of your largest monthly expense, what would happen, right? How much more cash flow would you ultimately have uh, at your discretion? The answer is a lot, right? Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't invest uh, until we've got our mortgage paid off. I, I don't think that is prudent either. Uh, I'm just saying that if we can get that debt off of our backs, right, even uh, a low rate, relatively low risk debt like a mortgage, then we have more cash flow free. Uh, we don't have uh, any type of burden on us uh, as far as you know having to make this large payment. And then we can invest very aggressively uh, on the other side of not having that payment. Yes, I want you uh, investing aggressively while you still have that payment, but all the more once that payment is no longer with us. Because once that payment is no longer with us, you free up that big amount of cash flow that you can uh, give, save, or spend at your own discretion. So instead of being forced into making some payment and then uh, deciding what to do with cash flow that's left over, uh, ultimately, uh, you have this decision where you're like, okay, I can you know, get rid of this payment and then I have more cash flow uh, that I can make a decision on later on. Now, is it without a doubt that debt makes things grow faster? Sure, right? 
Uh, because just like that example I just gave, right, you would invest money that you would not have otherwise invested at higher rates. I get it, right? Uh, you would make more money uh, by investing using that debt, using uh, that mortgage debt than otherwise, okay? And that is if things go the way that you want them to go. The problem here uh, is risk, right? And this is why I said my risk profile makes it to where I, I'm not going to do this, and I don't suggest that you do so either. Uh, because I feel as if there is real risk to keeping debt around when I don't have to, right? I think that there is real risk uh, in keeping a debt around that uh, can easily be paid off in some period of time. I think more than anything, the reason that people don't pay off their mortgage is not uh, so they can just make this uh, you know, difference on the mortgage. I, I think that's a good logical answer. I think that's a good mathematical answer. But I think ultimately, uh, it's that the mortgage debt is a large debt. And I think it's daunting to a lot of people. And it's daunting to look at it and go, um, you know, I'm going to get that thing paid off. Right. So people think they can't do it or that they you know, don't want to put in the effort to try to do something like that. So they're like, you know what? Uh, I'll just make this argument. And, the, and again, the argument is not an illogical one. Uh, but this argument is not taking into account the fact that there's risk associated with keeping a mortgage around over a long period of time. Okay, just think if something big comes up in your life, and I'm saying something big, big, right? Uh, and something that's going to force you into debt otherwise, right? Even if you have an emergency fund, even if uh, you know, you're sitting there and you don't have any other debts other than your mortgage, right? How much more uh, would you be able to uh, you know, take care of whatever that thing is if you didn't have a mortgage sitting around? Right now, again, I'm not trying to scare you into not having a mortgage. I'm just saying uh, that this idea that we should just keep as much low rate debt as possible is not a good idea. We are not corporations. Okay. For corporations, there is this um, disconnect. And this disconnect is between the ownership of the corporation. Uh, and the actual managers of the corporation, right? Uh, and the ownership of the corporation and the liability associated with um, the management of the corporation, right? Because with a corporation, it, it's very common that uh, taking out debt is something that they do, right? Taking out debt is something that they're very, very used to. And that's fine, right? Uh, taking out debt is, is something that uh, happens all the time, even with individuals, right? But with a corporation, if you take out debt as the CEO of a corporation, right, you are shielded from the fact that you took that debt out. You have no personal obligation to pay that debt, okay? Unless, right, unless you're in a company uh, that, you know, is a sole proprietorship, but any other type of corporate organization, right, any other type of limited liability company, uh, and you are going to have less liability uh, on the personal side. And then if it's a corporation, you're going to have no liability on uh, the personal side. You will not have a liability to pay those debts. But as an individual, right, if we take out a bunch of low rate debt and then can't make the payments, then who's at fault? Who's um, got to come up with the money? Well, you do. Okay. Uh, so we have this feeling for some reason that it's equivalent to look at us and look at companies. And it's equivalent to look at us and look at, you know, these CEOs that are taking out a bunch of debt in their company. It's a different thing. 
Now, I'm not saying if you run a company, you should take out as much debt as possible. That's not necessarily what I'm saying, right? But debt financing is cheap. And if you can take um, you know, no liability for the fact uh, that you took out that debt and just manage it over time, I don't see anything wrong with that relative to the 100% liability that you're taking uh, if you continuously take out uh, a bunch of debt in your own name, right? You are taking on all the liability of that um, you know, debt, of the potential for default, of the potential that you end up not paying uh, on that debt at some point, and that is going to be a problem for you. Now, that can be low-rate debt or high-rate debt, but debt nonetheless. Now, if there's any argument to be made about taking out low-rate debt, uh, in my opinion, it is it, it is the mortgage debt, right? Um, now, taking it out is one thing, but keeping it around is another, okay? Uh, that's why I you know, kind of address just keeping it around. But the type of debt that I think is just reprehensible uh, and you know offers a lot of low rate debt offers a lot of debt that sounds really really attractive is auto loans right is auto debt because the reason I think this is reprehensible is because uh, this type of debt is on an asset that is going down in value overall your home is going to go up in value okay so not only uh, are you paying um, you know this debt that is low rate and maybe you can invest um, you know, the, the difference or whatever, invest your excess cash. Uh, but at the same time, uh, that, you know, that asset is going up in value. And so you're paying a smaller debt uh, than the actual value of the asset. Okay. Doesn't make it right to keep around forever, but, uh, makes me willing to say, Hey, go ahead and take out a mortgage. Right. Um, but again, I'm not wanting to keep a mortgage around forever, but with an auto loan, you have an asset that is going down in value, right? As soon as you drive it off the lot, it is going down in value. Now, you may say, well, Dylan, what about you know used car prices right now? My car actually went up in value. Well, you know, COVID's not going to happen every year either. And uh, these supply chain issues with semiconductors is not going to happen uh, on a continued basis over a long period of time. If you take advantage of this in the short term and sell your car for more than what it's you know, actually worth and you benefit from this, then fantastic, right? But it still doesn't warrant you taking out a loan on your vehicle, right? Because ultimately your vehicle is only going to go down in value over the long term, right? In 10 years from now, I promise you whatever you're currently driving will be worth substantially less than it's worth today, right? I, I would even posit two years from now, three years from now, right? Uh, typically, I would say, uh, you know, one month from now, uh, but again, we have these supply chain issues where uh, the prices of used cars are just you know blowing up. So um, I'm not saying that that will persist because I don't think it will. Uh, but it is something that we're dealing with right now. But it is not a reason to take out uh, you know car loans. And one of the big things on car loans is what zero percent financing, right? Uh, oh, we can uh, put zero down, zero percent for X amount of months or, or whatever, right? Um, but again, even 0% financing is not what we want. And you may say, well, 0% financing sounds great, right? I can go and uh, I don't have to pay any interest and I just, you know, make equivalent monthly payments and, uh, you know, I just spread out this money over time. I can invest the difference. I can invest the excess cash, all these types of things, right? Well, wrong. Because with 0% financing, the problem is, is that the price that you are paying, it is you know, representative of 
whatever you're paying for, right? It's representative of uh, the fact that you would have otherwise financed that asset right? Uh, they are baking in some interest rate already. So even though it's a 0% deal, right? Um, you're likely looking at a, a situation where you can't take advantage of any type of sale. You're not really able to negotiate uh, and the interest rate is already priced in. Not to mention when it's 0%, you have uh, this thought process that it's 0% and you're likely to overspend. You're likely to pay more for uh, a vehicle than you would have otherwise right? Which again, makes it a bad idea. And then something that we like to do with car debt for some reason is uh, spread it out as long as possible. You know, people get, you know, seven year car loans. I'm like, you know, do you know how many miles you put on a car? Do you know how much a car depreciates over a seven year period? I'll tell you, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. The, the amount uh, of wear and tear and depreciation and issues that a car can have over a seven-year period or an eight-year period even uh, is very, very substantial. So the fact that you would still be paying on that debt just doesn't make any sense at all to me, right? So even if you have a low rate, even if you can get 0% financing, car loans are a bad idea uh, and they are especially uh, a strain on your cash flow uh, because not only are you making these payments, but that asset is going down in value uh, for you. So your net worth is constantly dwindling uh, while you have a vehicle that is financed, okay? So uh, just say no to that as well. Now, there is um, a place that, you know, again, I use a particular debt instrument. I use a credit card, right? Now, I don't use it as debt because I don't keep a balance and I don't incur interest, okay? Uh, but something that, you know, a lot of people get drawn in by is 0% uh, and, you know, 0% promotional periods on credit cards, right? Uh, or they'll negotiate down a 0%, um, you know, rate for some period of time on their credit card. And, you know, in essence, this doesn't sound like a big deal, right? This sounds like something that's like, oh, well, you know, you got 0%. Very good. Well, the problem is this, is that in the same way, where we hear we're getting 0% financing at a car lot and we overspend, right? We like to overspend when we get 0% loans, period, right? And if you have 0% on a credit card, you're likely to overspend as well, okay? So that 0% um, is going to force you into a place where you're likely spending more money than you would have otherwise. And if you're spending more money than you would have otherwise, uh, then you may get to a point with that credit card over that promotional period where you can't actually uh, pay it off in the way that you want to, right? The credit card company is betting on your behavior. They're betting on the fact that if they offer you a lower rate that you're going to take it, one, or if they offer you 0%, you're going to take it because you know who doesn't love quote unquote free, right? Um, but they know that you're likely to overspend. You're likely to end up holding a balance. And guess what? If you hold a balance after that 0% promotional period, what's going to happen? You're going to start incurring interest, right? So this is going to be a place uh, in your financial life where uh, they get to uh, you know, pull you from the place where you are you know, not in debt at all. Uh, and you are being responsible with a credit card or being responsible uh, with your finances and pull you into debt because they know your behavior, right? This is why uh, I don't care to take advantage of any 0% promotional periods, right? If my credit cards offer me that, I just say no, because ultimately 
What am I doing every month? I'm paying it off every single month. I'm using it as, as an extension of my bank account. And if you're not using a credit card like that, you are ultimately going to have problems or it's very, very likely that you will have problems. Because again, credit card companies, they bet on consumer behavior. And how do you think they know consumer behavior? Because they've, they've observed it. They know the data. They know what you're going to do uh, You know, on average, right? They know what your demographic is. And so, um, yeah. We, we need to stay away from this 0% um, you know, lie, you know, both for car loans and then uh, this 0% lie for credit cards because that 0% lie for credit cards is going to just push us into a place where we could very likely go into debt or very likely get comfortable with debt. And debt never needs to be a place uh, that we are extremely comfortable, okay? So why at the end of the day uh, do I look up and go, you know, hey, debt's just a bad idea. I just don't like debt, right? Uh, even if you make a mathematical argument, if you make a logical argument, I don't like debt. Like I said earlier, it's a risk thing for me, right? Uh, it has to do with, um, you know, hey, I owe someone something and I don't like it, right? I don't like the fact that I owe someone something. And I know the way that I feel not owing anyone anything, Right. And that's why when I you know put together the financial action plan, I, I make it to where you would get out of debt. You would get out of consumer debt because I know the way that I feel not owing anyone money. And I know the primary things that are holding individuals back. Right. We can make these nuanced arguments. We can make these nuanced arguments about low rate debt. We can make these nuanced arguments about, um, you know, zero percent or whatever. Right or mortgage debt, or whatever it is. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the problem is not these nuanced conversations. The problem is that most of you out there have student loans, right? The problem is that most of you out there uh, do have car loans that are eating you alive. Most of you out there uh, you know, do have credit card debt uh, at not 0%, at a high rate, right? Um, and these things are problems. These things are big issues in your life, especially the student loan thing. They are big issues in your life. And I know that the, the best prescription for that uh, is to tell you, hey, get out of debt. Stay out of debt. Don't borrow money. Don't, uh, even if it's attractive looking financing, don't go back into it. Because uh, we get these behaviors, right? We have a pattern of behaviors ultimately that we uh, represent in our lives. And the pattern of behavior of taking out debt is something that um, can continue very easily, uh, right? A lot of people, uh, they'll find out, oh, it's just, you know, 72 easy payments of, you know, $199 or, or you know, whatever, right? Uh, and it seems very cheap on a month-to-month basis. But you get a bunch of debts in the same way that, you know, if, if you have a bunch of subscriptions month-to-month, right? Those things add up, right? The cost of these things add up. And if you are you know, constantly taking out more and more debt, the cost of that debt ends up adding up and it ends up being debilitating. You don't have any freedom. You don't have the ability to choose where your money goes anymore. You are forced into paying whomever it is, whatever company it is, month after month after month. And it's not where I want you to be. I want you to have freedom. I want you to have the ability to choose where your money goes. Okay, um, and you will never have that freedom if you continuously stay in debt. Okay, now um, some of you may be comfortable with debt, 
and I, I mean, I'm still talking to you and I still hope to, you know, pull you to the other side. I still hope to pull you to the side that says uh, that, you know, debt is ultimately not a good idea because I feel like many of you uh, are going to come to some reckoning in your life uh, where, you know, debt will be a problem, right? Debt will be your issue. Uh, and yet you're not addressing it head on in the way that you should. Just think about what life would be like. I, I know that you know, we've, we've been in this weird period where you haven't had to make student loan payments and, and all these types of things, but think about what it would look like in your life if you didn't have student loans. Or think about what it would look like in your life if you didn't have that credit card hanging over your head, right? Think about what it would look like in your life uh, if you didn't owe anything on your car or cars, right? For a lot of people, it's cars. And, and again, just crazy, the amount of money that individuals spend on cars. I um, somebody recently um, was talking to them and they told me that they have between them uh, and their kids have you know three or four cars uh, and their total payments on those cars is over a thousand dollars a month and I'm like you know over a thousand dollars a month and, and some of you may say well I, I've got you know a truck and just the payment on that truck's eight hundred dollars a month yeah you're just as ridiculous if not more ridiculous right for that um, but can you imagine? If you're in that position and you get that $1,000 a month back, right? Meaning you have the ability to choose where that $1,000 a month goes. You go from being you know, pretty broke at the end of the month to actually having some substantial money that you can invest for your future, that you can um, you know, give, that you can you know, spend on yourself and your family. A lot of you think that I'm getting you out of debt so we can just invest. That's not the case. I want you to enjoy your money. I want you to do things with your money uh, that's fun, that's enjoyable, that will allow you to, um, you know, be free not just in a financial sense, but in uh, an adventurous life living sense, right? Um, so, look, I am not going into debt. Uh, you can, you can, you know, you know, write that down unless something just drastic, drastic happens. Which in that case, what do we have? We have an emergency fund, but. Uh, again, if it's something even past the emergency fund, um, you know, it would have to be something extremely drastic to put me into debt. Otherwise, I'm not going into debt. Otherwise, uh, me and my wife are going to stay in this place where we have the choice of where our cash flow goes, right? And if that costs me a few percent in returns over a long period of time or a little bit of uh, return on my money over time, then so be it, right? But what it's not going to cost me right, is peace of mind, right? I will have peace of mind. I will have uh, the peace of mind knowing that I don't owe anybody anything. I'll have the peace of mind knowing that I don't have to, um, you know, answer to any company that, um, you know, it has offered me financing and I took it and, you know, now they're wondering where their money is and I can't make the payment. I don't have to deal with that situation ever in my life. And I'm just saying, if you yearn for that, you yearn for not being, um, you know, harassed by creditors and uh, not being harassed by those who uh, you owe money to, doesn't this sound, uh, you know, attractive? Doesn't this sound like something uh, that is interesting uh, and that will actually help you to live a better life, to live a freer life? And ultimately, that's all I want for you guys. I want you guys. Uh, to live a free life. I want you to have the choices with your money um, and I want you to do what's best for you, right? And if you're smarter than the system and you're smarter than me uh, and you're just gonna continue uh, you know, making your mortgage payment and investing your excess cash, then look, I'm not gonna sit here and be mad at you, 
right? If you're going to continue to, you know, finance vehicles over a long period of time, because why would you spend that much money all at once on a de depreciating asset or whatever, right? So be it, right? If, if that's going to be your mindset, then, then so be it, right? Uh, but I want you to know that if tragedy hits your life, right, uh, and you need excess cash, you're not going to have it, right? Uh, you may have an emergency fund and that's great, right? But I'll say that most people that have a fair amount of debt or a lot of debt don't have emergency funds, which is a problem, right? Um, so nonetheless, look, um, I want you all to succeed. I want you to succeed in the way that works for you. Um, but I know what works for me. I know uh, that if you take away the risk of debt, you take away uh, the risk of uh, you know owing somebody money, then you also take away the risk uh, of your financial life crumbling down. Because ultimately, who's ever filed bankruptcy when they didn't have debt? No one. Who's ever uh, you know been foreclosed upon when they didn't have a mortgage? No one. Right. So you take risks away from your life um, financially and things can be so much freer. And that's what I hope for you. And that's why I'm here, uh, you know, trying to teach you, trying to uh, convince you that this should be uh, your path each and every day uh, on this show. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.